Welcome back to a brand new episode of Full Metal RPG. This is a very special Rock the Vote 1990s edition of Full Metal RPG or something. I don't know. The, the homie Alex was like, is it a Rock the Vote episode? And I'm like, why not? It'll be a Rock the Vote episode. Episode 102. I'm your host, Brennan Carrion, and today I'm joined by Adam motherfucking Sink. Adam, where you been, son? Haven't heard from you in a hot minute. I know. I've just been like, I don't know. I've been having weird times and just like being flaky as shit, but I am committing to do better because it's 2020 and everything is a dumpster fire. And, you know, like if the only thing I can control is myself. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you there, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This 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 uh, this one's definitely one for the autobiography the, this year. <laughs> uh, and we get. And we got to be like half of the autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> and we got Ashley. What up, Ashley? How you been? I've been all right. Um, actually, I was thinking Adam and I are apparently the same person until he got to the point where he said the only thing he can control is himself because I don't even have that going for me. So, yeah, just it's it's yeah. a it's like a it's a goal. It's aspirational. Yeah. Gotcha. Man. Okay. It's a Man. mantra. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, yeah. There's a it's real Stanley fun. Kubrick movie going on over there. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, all right. All right. Well, uh, how about you, RBK? RBK is with us. What up, bro? Richie uh, Buzzkill. That's your <laughs> that's your secret uh, homie name on the show to those who are new to the show who haven't listened. Yeah. RBK means Richie Buzzkill. What up, Leia? Not much, man. Just uh, sitting here in my uh, normal uh, decor with the gothic chair and the uh, you know darkened uh, site. Oh, is it that season? Is it the season where everybody else decorates like we decorate yeah that's it yeah okay uh this isn't a costume <laughs> yeah. man this is a way of life it's my, it's my life motherfuckers Jorgensen <laughs> said every day is halloween there you go there you go um cool so uh this is episode 102 i think i said that already um we're back we're back doing doing more we got the whole gang here today and uh we're going to go ahead and just dedicate this episode to our brand new patron, Mateus yeah. Petrick. Yeah. Uh, Mateus Petrick, thank you so much for your patronage. Um, I see that you sent uh, a PM on Patreon, and I'm going to hit you up right back. But uh, I just want to say thank you for supporting us. Thank you for supporting the show. And uh, we do appreciate that. Um, if you uh, ever want to reach out to us, Dear listeners, you can find us on uh, FullMetalRPGOfficial at gmail.com, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, pretty pretty okay about responding of late, but I gotta say the ennui is strong with us all, and so sometimes uh, we're doing the Kermit the Frog thing and looking off into the middle distance rather than uh, answering our DMs. But, uh, you know, do, do feel free to uh, hit us up in the DMs. So, uh, thank you to Mateus, thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, we appreciate you a great deal. Thank you for making the show possible. Uh, let's get on to the black hole. The black hole is the uh, ever-sucking void that takes up all, all of our time, money, and energy. It is role-playing. It is the greatest of hobbies. Uh, Richard, you always have some good role-playing shit to tell us about, bro. How's uh, how's uh, Eternal Eyes going? Well, Eternal Eyes, we, we kind of had a, uh, you know, the return to stability episode last so we kind of like came back and see, see what's happening in the lives of people that are supposed to buoy us towards the end uh, my character has been kind of has a bit of a crisis she uh she was tortured by the uh by some cultists and lost some fingers so she is a uh mainly shooting kind of cop character so that's kind of makes it a little more difficult for her to do the thing that she thinks she is useful at. So, well, was it was it fingers on your dominant hand? Uh, she lost actually. She lost her middle finger on her dominant hand, which is not wow. too bad for shooting. But she lost her thumb and pinky on her left hand. Jeez, man, yeah. that is 
freaking brutal. Yeah. How is God. she supposed to tell people to hang loose if she doesn't have the fingers That's to do right. that? That's right. She can't get through the horns or hang loose. So it's no. a, no. dude. It just looks the like thumb. she's like number one. Can still flip people off. That's. She's got the important. Well, well she can yeah. on her left hand. She can flip people off still. That's right, true. But can she can on her right. Like, oh right, you're right. You can still punch your pin number in. So that's yeah. well, pin. Pin is number. So you can still punch your pin in because the N stands for number. Right. But yeah, but like it's like the game takes place in like 1928 or something, right? Yeah. It's, no, it's a 1937. 1937. So she probably doesn't have a whole lot of use. Okay, for fine. You can punch numbers. the thing on the Enigma machine or whatever. Then yeah. Jesus. <laughs> right. Well, she can like, still type on a, type, a right. typewriter with two fingers. So. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it was pretty brutal, and you know that's I was, savage, dude. Yeah, I gotta say. And uh, so she's she's trying to figure out, and if so, like our benefactor who has kind of been paying for this whole uh, thing to fight these guys, uh, she's gone missing. So if she hadn't gone missing, I think my character would have retired, being you know kind of Icarus looking motherfuckers, and got too close to the sun. And survived, so a little toasty winged, as it were. So she was going to retire, and then uh, our patron got, uh, a, you know, missing. So, <laughs> uh, so that's that's that. And then I've got I had some uh, Kickstarters come in. So, uh, uh, well, this wasn't a Kickstarter, but this is the one that I well, I'll I'll, I'll start with uh, actually Retro Punk. I finally got my copy of Retro Punk. From Phaser Simmons, uh, there was a bit of a mix-up with uh, Lou uh, ordering it because it was from Lulu instead of uh, so that was a instead of drive-through. But it's a beautiful thing. Um, Fraser is I think this is like the fifth or sixth cyberpunk game uh, Fraser has made. So I'm going to have to like I'm gonna have to like have some <laughs> conversations or something with the, try to have a conversation with this guy because it. You know, simpatico. I feel like a little bit, and then I got the Great American Witch came in from our good friend Christopher Gray. Oh my God, did that deliver already? Yeah. Oh wow, that was very fast. Yeah. Well, I, I think he had the game written. He was just financing a print run. So. Yeah, I think so. Oh, cool. How's it look? It looks. It looks great. Um, it's that. It's still the his uh, Great American Novel system. So it's it's uh, kind of. Um, you know, a familiar to anybody that's seen that system, but it's uh, it 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 reminds me a little bit of uh, some of the you know there's some there's some illustrations in here, but there's also some photography in here. It reminds me a little bit of Vampire Fifth in kind of the layout style, and I know we've been at least I've been digging a lot through that lately. So, um, but yeah, it looks really great, and uh, I'd like you know I'd like to dig a little further into it. And then here's the last game is the game I I read in a, in one sitting. It's called The Veil 2020. Um, it is the Dungeon World is to World of Dungeons as the Veil is to Ve- the Veil 2020. So it is a system. Wow. The si- okay, that's a deep cut, bro. All right. right. So it's it's a system. It's supposed to be the system you can play any cyberpunk game with, and it's you know pretty rules light and uh, um, you know boiled down apocalypse world system. No moves, just like roll, and you you know pass fail or you know marginal success kind of thing. Um, it's really cool. It was actually in uh, one of the Gauntlet's uh, Codex Neon, but they've broken it out and printed it in this like beautiful little like art cyberpunk kind of art book style. Um, and you can get it off a drive-through still. Um, I don't think they did a Kickstarter for it. I think they just paired it off and uh, printed it. And it's a nice little book. And I think it would be fun to r- run some like old you know cyberpunk twenty twenty stuff with it. So. That's kind of now. What, you you're you're our resident uh, cyberpunk guy. Yeah. Okay? So, my I assume that you are keeping your finger on the pulse of what's going on in cyberpunk. Now, I heard today, and I'm looking to you for confirmation that uh, cyberpunk red, like the core book, the actual game, is supposed to be shipping uh, like mid November. Yes. Can you confirm? Uh, I can confirm as far as Artel Soren has said that. 
So they're, they're, I think the digital release is like the 14th and then like the physical book is supposed to be street dated to the 16th or something like that. So Mm -hmm. of November. So we, we're finally going to get a hold of that. And I've been looking, they, they unveiled the life, the new life path system, which Mm -hmm. I really, I really, really like because they've kind of narrowed it to okay, so you're a solo, so you're going to have a life path that's kind of tailored more to being a solo. So, Oh, cool. So they made it make sense. It's, and it's not, it doesn't suck. More, make more sense. I, I, still, okay. I still stand behind the original, but you can make any of those roles work for you as anything. But this is a bit more tailored and a bit less of a, you know, an afternoon of rolling as the old system could have been. So um, as much as I enjoy that, I can see other people not being as biggest fan for that. So yes, it is coming supposedly. I think they're going to get it out just before the actual 20 cyberpunk 2077 game comes out. So everybody will get their hands on it and then everybody will get hands on cyberpunk red and then immediately turn around and forget about it for at least three months while they play the video game so uh, perfect perfect so well i i gotta say i saw that ad and i was like what like uh, that is actually a game that i am chuffed for like it's been a hot minute since your boy brendan carrion was really like looking at the new releases for role-playing books and being like Feel, feeling the ability to get the blood up you know like mm-hmm. I, i've just been kind of like meh on what's coming out you know i'm not really feeling it plus uh, with everything that's going on in the world it feels like a lot of things are kind of stuck in development hell and um then i saw that cyberpunk red and i was like whoa 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 that is actually something to mark your calendars for that is like a reason to go down to the flgs and uh pick one up am i right for sure and and i've i've already told uh, dave down at depot like you you know you're getting me one like so we'll see we'll see uh we'll see how that works out and uh i plan on running it so that's for sure cool. like there's no question cool cool <laughs> Ashley, what up? Hi. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you living? What kind of what kind of what kind of nonsense you been up to? Anything good? <sighs> yeah. Um, so I'll start with what I've been playing. Um, first of all, Mamre Alpha is back, so we're recording that. Actually, I'm recording that right after this, so I have back to back podcasting recordings today, which is fun. Um, I also we've gotten back into Pathfinder one and two, so we have a first edition and a two e campaign going. Um, so I have both of those that have been going on, which has been fun to get back into because it's been a minute. Um, both is of it, those are on Roll20. So Is that confusing at all, toggling between the two rule sets? or um, um... There, there are a few little things that I have to be like, wait, which one is this? <laughs> but uh, overall, it's, it's fine. It's been fine. Um, but there is definitely a, some checking that's going on. And also the GM. It's the same GM for both campaigns. And uh, he's, he's very familiar with the Pathfinder rule set because he's he's played Pathfinder predominantly for a very long time. So PF2 is new for him too. So there's a lot of stopping to check anyway. So I think that's why it doesn't feel like it's as confusing because even the GM's got to stop and look shit up. So uh, yeah, but it's, it's fun. Um, I play very different characters and I think that's harder for me than the actual rule set part. <laughs> Interesting. So, Interesting. Yeah. And yep. one of them is your Emerald Spire campaign, and the yeah. other one is something else. The other one is the it's it's a an adventure path that they came out with for Pathfinder Two. I don't know what it's. Oh wait, I do know what it's called. One of the new ones. Yeah, it's and it's one of the ones that you can get the whole module on Roll Twenty that comes with all of the stuff you need. It's got like little cards for the NPCs and all sorts of stuff. So uh, having, I guess it was something he could buy, so he did, but being able to have all of those little things kind of helps because we're used to playing in person, like have the big mat out and going square to square and whatever. So it's cool to be able to do that on roll 20 and have the little cards still for the NPCs and stuff like that. So it helps. Yeah. Does it make the maps for you? So he doesn't have to draw a map. You can just like click and be like, okay, you're the dungeon. Yeah. And what's really cool with roll 22 is that, when your token is on the map, if you're behind something, you can only see on the map what your line of sight would let you see, which I think is pretty cool. So there's no like getting all of the pieces of paper out and covering the different areas you're not supposed to see and stuff like it automatically does that for you. 
Interesting. So, Fascinating. Yeah. yeah so it's I, I, cool. these are technological cool coolnesses. Mm-hmm. Like all yeah. the all the new tech shit isn't bad. There's some cool shit going on. I kind of dig that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but that's that's been fun to get back into that. Um, I I dropped out of Adam's vampire campaign. So. Um, Adam is an amazing DM I had. That was the only reason I was staying is because I had fun playing with him. But uh, vampire is not my thing. Like I tried. I gave it a full, like I gave it a shot. <laughs> but it's just not my thing. So I did all we ask. What, was, it, yeah. was, it, uh, was it the the setting of the Dark Ages or was it just the general vampire Weakness of everything? Yes. <laughs> yeah. See, the thing is, like, <laughs> everything is just so bleak because that's what vampire is, you know? So, right. yeah. with, yeah, which is awesome. And some people thrive on that. And I do not. So, I think it's uh, more just how I run it. It's why it's so. <laughs> <laughs> so, maybe it is you. But yeah, yeah. It, it probably <laughs> is because I, I have been accused by several players in the past of, of mm-hmm. um, making vampire just like an incredibly depressing game to play okay yeah well yeah and that's the thing is everyone else seems to really enjoy that and so i'm like it's good for that table i just wasn't a good fit for that table so um so yeah well i I, i'm not in that game you three are all in that game or at least you all were Were. so i haven't i haven't haven't, uh experienced that and uh, the listeners haven't either so maybe could you kind of explain sort of some of the things that you encountered and i'm sure that like it's not pejorative it's not like adam's gonna be like right adam you're not gonna be like man why are you talking about my game like that no i am (laughs) absolutely am he's taking notes incredibly personally but but kind of like what what were you what like can you give us an example of of something or like a feeling that you had like what so so that we can kind of like get a sense get a yeah. like relate to it yeah that's fine so um I think it probably has more to do with who I am as a person um I am very open about the fact that I suffer from depression have pretty much my whole life and so playing something like this there was literally no hope for anything like there was no hope to be found in this game whatsoever and so uh that was difficult yeah (laughs) you're like that's fair that's true um so it's just that's the overarching feeling that I got is just that it's very like bleak honestly like it's just very gray and you know I have a really hard time with when I when I role play I'm doing it to kind of escape real life and right now the only color in my life is the fire that is in the dumpster fire so going into a game that's that gray and bleak was really difficult for me so it may have just been where I am right now and eventually I might get back into it and have more fun with it maybe but um just especially right now where my headspace is it was just not a good fit for me interesting yeah. Fascinating, fascinating. Yeah. All right, cool, cool, so, great. It's yeah, important but, to do the self care stuff, so that's yeah, uh, you know, no for shame sure. there. Yeah. yeah. So um, for Halloween, my roommates and I were going to play Ten Candles. So one of my roommates has wanted to run it forever. So we're going to play Ten yeah. Candles for a like spooky game on Halloween. Uh, maybe Tremulous. We'll see. Um, tonight I'm actually guest NPCing in Strahd, my roommate's Strahd campaign. Um, they're yeah. doing. I don't want to spoil anything, but there is a big gathering and I, she doesn't want to have to like play six characters. So I'm going to step in and play one of them for. Oh, you are doing uh, her a great service, my friend. Yeah. Because yeah, when yeah. you're doing like sock puppet theater as a GM, yep. that is fucking brutal. That is the yeah. goddamn worst. Yeah. So and then um, as far as Kickstarter's things I backed, I'm really excited for the Stargate rpg to be coming out so i backed that and the other one is it's called thirsty sword lesbians and i've had like seven (laughs) people send this to me in the past you know week and a half or so um Mm -hmm. but it's a role playing game yeah it's a role-playing game powered by queer love and the apocalypse so it's a pbta game um celebrating thirsty sword lesbians so i I backed that and i'm really excited as one does yeah it's a evil hat production so um yeah. Yeah, but it looks it looks really if you love angsty disaster lesbians with swords, you have come to the right place. That's the tagline. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. It looks interesting and so I I backed that and we'll see when it comes in. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Adam, Adam, how about you, bud? 
running my Vampire Dark Ages game. We're down to four players now, as we do. It is apparently a depression fest, which uh, <laughs> is, you know, par for the course for any uh, yeah, any World of Darkness game I run anyway. Um, yeah, I'll have to tell people about my, my, wraith cam- my doomed Wraith campaign you sometime. See, that's interesting, because I remember that your Wraith campaign essentially kind of uh, crumpled under the weight of its own depression and ennui but it strikes me as interesting that that's happening with vampire because wraith really is i mean wraith is written to be depressing as fuck right yeah yeah it's like you're supposed to just be sitting there like you know burning cigarettes and like looking off into the middle distance while you're playing fucking wraith but like so what's going on in vampire that is like bumming people out bro (laughs) so the zimache are essentially like uh particularly at this point in the World of Darkness storyline, are effectively a doomed clan. Um, you know, they're they're going to uh, fall from grace. They're going to lose a lot of their holdings, right? Like their childhood rise up against it, and it's just it's this. Uh, I'm trying to create this oppressive atmosphere of like these uh, elders who are standing in the way of you accomplishing what you need to accomplish, and who are so stuck in the past that it's frustrating to everyone while at the same time they're beset by all of these threats that they're not uh, taking seriously or approaching in the proper way. Like the uh, Shadow Lords and the uh, Arapod Ventru and the Tremere, of course. Um, And so, yeah, there's just kind of like this oppressive uh, doom-like atmosphere to the proceedings, I think. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. This might be me just like, crawling at my own ass about my you know ability to like craft this narrative that i want to um but yeah i, I just kind of had this like very doomed vibe to the zimache who are the prod you know the the predominant clan in that region and the guys that you are having to interact with to pretty much accomplish anything that's interesting. That sounds very um, like it, 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 it. It's very contemporary in a certain way. I mean, like you're running it almost kind of like a metaphor for like kind of what's going on right now. Where yeah, that was like, the, that was the plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like like the boomers won't take their hands off the wheel. You know, right. and, like and they're the, wrecking uh, everything around them and mm-hmm. destroying everything through their through their. Yeah, no, that was that was kind of the goal. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's that's a good example of how, um, like, uh, the the medium of role playing and storytelling can really be used to talk about like, um, like real real shit, mm-hmm. like right. real shit fools. Yeah, nice. th- there there will be no Trump Zimache, so that is not gonna <laughs> happen at any point during that campaign. Just so we're clear. I will I will <laughs> well, burn I will burn the table to the ground. I will buy a table and I will burn it to the ground if you do that. So yeah, I mean I, I understand what you're saying that there won't be like a direct like you know, analog in the game that right. I think that'd be really obnoxious. But I think right. that you're I think you're I think that there is a point to be made that like within the sort of like reactionary fire of the Anarch Revolt, it does give rise to a bunch of kind of like strongman characters. Oh, absolutely. Who, who use that, who use that crisis to pursue their own agendas at the cost of a lot of other people. Yeah. And, Lujo is, and yeah, there, there's a bunch of bad actors in the Anarch rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's, uh, you know, I mean, well, well, the Anarch Rebellion and everything that comes out of the Anarch Rebellion, you know, because the Anarch Rebellion had to happen. But anyway, blah, right. blah, blah, world mm-hmm. of darkness. Um, well, I mean, I, I, I would say that you're not wrong that, that the, you know, there is this overarching, like, I feel like my character, you know, has like limited to no power trying to just like, just, just like survive long enough that I can maybe do something about something. That's really, that's yeah. really where I mean, I'm well, at. You're right playing now. a doomed clan to begin with as well. Sure. You're a Cappadocian. Right. So it's, yeah, we got a bunch of like, Oh, and then there's a bunch. Yeah, I, I did put a salubri in there who was like the tragic salubri figure. Anyway, there's, there's been a bunch of, <laughs> there's been a bunch of, <laughs> we're all doomed. Well, doomed <laughs> characters. 
there's some salubrity that make it. And hey, guys, the uh, Blood Gods book is coming out early next year. So not all the Cappadocians are bringing Cappadocians back, kind of, or something. I don't know. They did so. before Harbingers of Skulls, right? Like they've well, been Samidi. They've been around. It's. I think they're. I think they're folding all of that stuff into one thing, and we'll kind of see because and it always it always was right. It was right. always kind of like kind of like ooh, is this like are these the real Cappadocians or whatever? But like. We'll kind of see how it goes. What they what they actually intended to do with it? Yeah, because they're what the heck the Hakata the uh, yeah. I can't yeah 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 right. yeah yeah because they had to get rid of the the Giovanni because of the it wasn't a good look. What because of the like like unbelievably kind of like uh, uh, bigoted Racist. stereotyping? And- <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah. I was trying not to hit the hammer directly on the the nail, but yes, that that would be it. I was trying like, to dance whoa. around the nail's head a little bit. What you mean, like you mean that like uh, Italian Americans aren't all a bunch of like necromancer, like knee breaker, money lending, like uh, uh, pedophiles? I don't yeah. understand. Does uh, some, is, would somebody be offended by that? I don't understand. <laughs> anyway, um, all right, great. Well, I guess that's up to me then. Uh, what have I been up to? I got this uh, little kind of OSR zine role playing game from Exalted Funeral. Uh, it's called Pacts and Blades, more cocky and fantasy. And of course, once they had like, you know, more cocky and on the front, I was like, okay, well, you got me. I got to, if it's some kind of Elric sort of thing, I got to get it right. And it's like Pacts and Blades. And you're kind of like, oh, well, you know, it must be some kind of like, oh, you need to have demon armor because like Elric had demon armor and he also had a big sword. Anyway, um. So then I bought it <laughs> and then got here and I'm not really, I don't love, I don't love it. It's uh, it really kind of bummed me out. It's very short. Uh, RBK a few weeks ago made a um, thing, uh, a comment about how like graphic design inside of these new uh, manuals that are coming out is just like really on point. You kind of got to be like on your game if you want to hang with these guys. And this, and this uh, book definitely meets that criteria. It's very beautiful. Um, but I don't really care for the game. There's, you know, some fucking pages in here that have less than 50 words on them. The game itself is basically just two tables. And then, I mean, it might as well just be, they might as well just squished it onto one page and then said like, yeah, make up whatever you want. Here's a, here's two tables. Um, then on top of that, and this was the, (laughs) this was the part that kind of got me is they, uh, used a bunch of um <laughs> they used a bunch of uh uh creative commons um uh art and uh public domain art and then in the back right rather than saying like you know much of the art that you find in this book is like public domain and then listing the artists it lists like it's a like a regular um fucking role playing book and it's like art right and then it lists the artists and one of them is Francisco de Goya. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, wow. De Goya, huh? He, uh, he did some pages for this book. Neat. What was his uh, rate for a uh, full page? I don't know why we got to turn this into a hipster thing. Like, if you use public domain art, like, I get it. But, like, the whole kind of, like, you know who illustrated my role-playing book? Francisco de Goya. I think we all know which de Goya illustration they used as well. So, do we? I I don't know. It's a lot of details. So there's that's how they kind of get away with the public domain aspect of it is that they got like high resolution images and then they just zoomed in on like little tiny detail shots so that it doesn't really just look like your you know art history textbook from uh, junior college. But uh, anyway, so RBK, next time I see you, I'm giving you this thing because I don't even want to have it in my collection. You can have it. <laughs> All right, um, I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would would not play. I have a feeling that this might be like ripped off of Lasers and Feelings or something. Mm. You know how there's that whole like realm of games that's like that has an ampersand and then two things that you wouldn't think would go together, like Lasers and Feelings, and then uh, the Jimmy Jam, the guy who does Crit Hit, did. Uh, fear and reason and there's some other ones right Dungeons um, and dragons like why is a dark dragon in a dungeon well, should be flying around the world usually the ampersand ones have a sim- have the same system it's like a real it's a real light system and i suspect that this is something like that anyway yeah 
didn't love it and it was it was uh not cheap so um Mm. Yeah, that was definitely a fail. So that's what I've been up to. Haven't really been playing much lately. My uh, game is kind of on hiatus right now uh, with some you know stuff that's been going on in my personal life. Uh, but I'm looking forward to getting back to it soon. So I'll let everybody know um, what is up with games when uh, when that does happen. All right. Well, hey, we managed to somehow use up half the show talking about uh, role-playing games we're playing. But that's kind of cool because we like to play role-playing games, right? Yes. Um, let's get to the subject at hand. Uh, uh, and we're going. Well, today's subject on Full Metal RPG is we're talking. This is our Halloween episode, so we want to talk about spooky, scary things. It's also our Rock the Vote episode, which is that is also spooky and scary. So, um, so go vote. Yeah, keep voting. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll go do just little... once though. Only vote once. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Vote early, That's but like... not often. Just right. Just, just, just vote, but don't yeah. only do it. Don't listen to people telling you to vote more than one. <laughs> vote once. <laughs> There's a guy. He's like famous guy, and he told you to vote more. Don't listen to him. Only vote once. Yeah. Well, I hope that the people who listen to that particular famous guy that you're talking about don't listen um, to us. Don't listen to the show. <laughs> yeah. And if you do, then kill yourself. <laughs> I, oh. I know. I, I know. I've said it before, but it bears repeating because right. I don't know if anybody's managed to make it in here since then. But uh, right. you know, um, Full, Full Metal RPG is like a hard left uh, uh, RPG content show. All right, we're mm-hmm. ideologically left. We don't believe in any of this like fucking uh, 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 bullshit fascist crap that we've been having shoveled down our throat for the past four years and we want it gone now um ordinarily i would say part of my personal ideology i'd never encourage someone to vote i would always be like it's for dummies stay home like uh institutional change has to take place in places other than a voting booth it's just a distraction however this year the Dems have done this crazy thing where they're basically running like a 1988 Republican against a fascist guy. And it looks like they have a shot at unseating the fascist guy. Now, if you, like me, believe that voting is essentially worthless, then it's totally fine to take two seconds out of your life and do a worthless thing to maybe unseat a fascist dictator. So we at Full Metal RPG highly 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 recommend that whatever state you live in please go out and vote and this isn't gonna be one of those dumb psas where it's like just exercise your franchise we don't care who you vote for no we care don't vote for that third party don't vote for fucking trump go vote for biden try and get rid of the fascist asshole and then we'll sort the rest of this other shit out the real fucking problems that america has afterwards but we need to get this guy fucking out so please Full Metal RPG people, I know it's 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 a giant fucking clown show, but please let's try and get this thing done in a decisive way in November. All right, PSA over. So this podcast kills fascists. So <laughs> well, one <laughs> one would hope. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, so. Today's topic is uh, toxicity in the uh, gaming community. So um, I kind of just wanted to talk about like this weird experience that we all have of um, kind of like bad actors in the gaming community and why it is that for a community that's really so small and so kind of like insular and that you would think is like dedicated to like fun and like good times. Um, we seem to have such a hard time getting along with one another. Um, if you guys will indulge me, I'd like to just t- tell you a little anecdote here. So when I was writing the list of all the episodes I want to do for the course of the year, I came up with this one because I was, I swear to God, I think I was like sitting in like a Whataburger or something. And I was uh, flipping on my phone, scrolling and I came across uh, one of these posts that are just not uncommon where somebody was like burning down a game store on on Facebook. And they were like, you know, I don't buy at game stores. I don't interact with game stores. I buy online. Fuck your game store. And I got my thumbs all nice and ready. I was getting ready to jump in there and just light these dudes up because this has been my thing for like years, just making passionate pleas to people saying, go to your local game store, spend money there, right? Um, these things 
are a public good and we need them uh, support them. But this time, I held back from my normal impulse to immediately comment on something and I thought to myself, I started thinking for once rather than just doing. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I was like, I wonder why it is that people are so hard on game stores online. Why are they so, why are they always popping off? Why is there this crazy rhetoric against game stores? I started thinking back to my last couple of encounters when I had gone into a game store where I just got in there all like chipper with like money in my pocket and I wanted to just go in and have a good time and uh, spend money and engage with people who were like me, you know? And I was like, oh my God. Like, the reason people are so full of vitriol against the game store experience is because, let's be real, you have so many shitty encounters there. You know what I'm saying? These places, just generally speaking, end up being kind of like weird, like hangout clubhouses for a very particular type of kind of sour person that wants to sit around making your life difficult for no reason. You know what I'm saying? I And sometimes we're talking about the people that, that frequent that place. Sometimes we're talking about the people that are employed there. Sometimes we're talking about the ownership, right? And you can have all the good intentions in the world of like walking in the front door and like laying down your hard-earned cash for books and being like okay i'm doing my part for the local economy blah 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 all that shit but it gets old you know it gets tiresome having every time you go in there having to fucking like go through one of these encounters you know what i'm saying and at that point i kind of quit sticking up for FLGSs online. I was like, you know what, man? If FLGSs want people to come in and have a good time, maybe that should be part of what they're selling rather than these dismal fucking experiences. Do you know what I'm saying? And that is what inspired this episode. So, that having been said, react to me. What do you guys think? Do you not own headphones? Because, like, you can avoid... 90% of that, if you just walk in with, like, you don't even have to be honored, like, with just a pair of Bluetooth headphones on your head uh, and just, like, a a vaguely pissed-off look on your face or, or like, concentrating. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, you can do that to bluster your way through, like, a lot of shitty social situations. But the thing is... is is what I do with pretty much 90% of my life. It's But why would I do that at the game store? Shouldn't I be going to the game store to have fun? I mean, if it's You should. I guess the question is, like... Then why would I go? I could just literally buy it on eBay, you know? Yeah, well, you used to be able to. Now everything's like more expensive if you want to buy it online because um, COVID. Yay, thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I get that. And, you know, I've had my fair share of negative interactions at the game store. And I guess the good ones I've had are people that I already kind of know. Like, I'm trying to remember the last time I like encountered a rando at a game store. I mean, the thing is, is I came up with this episode like, you know, a year over a year ago or more and uh, or maybe a little less. And it was in a different world when you people you go to the game store and hang out, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, But I can't can't really do that now. Yeah, I guess you're right. Like, because, you know, I remember the when I was doing wargaming at the game store, that was weirdly toxic. And RPG Club was fine, but we knew most of those people. Or we got to know them, but or I mean, we got I mean, to know them, yeah. I, I'm I'm just talking about like you go in there and mm-hmm. I I don't know like uh, there, like there's go ahead I hear somebody. Well, I was gonna that. say uh, this. I think what this sort of stems from is you know gaming is a communal hobby. You have to have other people. It's not like running or bicycling where you can be yourself. You know, you, you have to know other people. I mean, there are solo games, but in general... Say Disciples of Bone and Shadow would, like, argue against... Right, right. No, but but in general, you know, those are, those are a certain type of games, but most games are, whether it's a board game, war game, uh, role-playing game, they're all communal. Mm-hmm. And forever, part, part of the issue is the fact that this started... 
as kind of the boys club. Part of this started, you know, with back, you know, in the, well, go back to the 1800s, like games, games were all about learning war and, and, and it's very much like a, uh, a boys club and it wasn't very welcoming even to other people that had to strangers. Like it was just not welcoming to strangers, let alone strangers that didn't have penises. So, it's just, <laughs> so, but, yeah, I but, mean, I but can see that. But also, like, this is where at least where you used to go to meet gamers before the internet. You would you would meet gamers so you could either game there or game at home. But I think what has happened is people kind of figure out who they actually want to game with, and they eventually like kind of push them out. They meet them, and then they push them out of their game group, and they eventually end up at the game store. Because they always know that somebody's gonna be looking for a game there, because they can't dude. find a, a a game that that they can play elsewhere. <laughs> dude, dude, that is, dude. I think that that is a really spot on assessment. I mean, it's almost like the game store, like public spaces dedicated to gaming, become cesspools for people who cannot hack private groups or mm. or or just anywhere that has any kind of basic membership requirement, meaning decency or hygiene you know what i'm saying like so so you walk in the door and it's like there's that guy and we all know you know that that guy who's either like completely unwashed sort of weirdly bellicose in public about their like uh uh fringe political positions uh the strange kind of like um creepy person who's like uh got kind of weird weird issues about gender relations you know what i'm saying and um just just say my name you don't have (laughs) (laughs) and you're just like you're just like you're sitting there you're like you know what man like it's it's those moments where you're thinking to yourself yo this is cheaper on amazon and the and i get free shipping and i don't have to deal with this guy i don't have this i don't have to sit here and like like I, I, I don't even always interact with these people. For the most part, I try to make a point of not interacting with them, but they take up such a large amount of space in that area, both physically and kind of like, um, like, like socially. You know, they, uh, their smells move across the room, and they, uh, they like shout about like. Like, well, here's the real deal with immigrants, like in their friend's face. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like you're just a captive audience to whatever fucking like lowest common denominator bullshit they have going on. You know, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, first off, fuck Jeff Bezos. Um, Guillotine's 2020. Uh, yeah, amen like, to that. <laughs> like, um, but it's an exalted funeral. There's always exalted funeral. This is, is always exalted funeral. There are there are a lot of good shops on online from which you can go buy stuff with that are not Amazon and I would encourage you to go out and find them and if you don't know what they are send me a message and I will send you a list. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there are weirdos there. That said, I do still try to buy stuff at, like we're lucky in Phoenix that our store owners are good people, at least the ones that I've interacted with. I've heard stories about one or two that I'm like, all right, whatever, but I don't go there. Um so I do try to buy from them whenever possible, you know, but that said, I've also bought stuff online in the past and I don't really feel any sh- particular shame about that. It's just the way the world is. And they're selling online too, you know? So, I mean, if they're telling you like, Oh yeah, online, but they're making money online as well. They're selling boxes of magic or Pokemon or whatever online. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how to fix that weird social interaction thing. Like I said, it's I tend to just do the headphones trick if I'm not feeling particularly social. And, you know, I do get drawn into weird conversations when I pull them off to talk to the store owners like Dave or, you know, Jeff or Darren or whoever. Um, yeah, it's it's a weird experience. And gaming does attract a lot of misfits. And those misfits get weird ideas in their heads about the way that the world works. But it's not like lovable misfits, you know. It's not no. like fucking Revenge of the Nerds, where it's like, like yeah, these guys are all right, you know. Yeah. Try lambs, no. you know what I'm saying? I mean, well, it's no, like, because bullied people, the second that they get the opportunity and a little bit of power, it almost inevitably turn into bulliers, right? Like, like, because that's how they frame the world, and it sucks. 
and you know I don't know how to fix it, and I don't know how to fix broken people, and I've given up trying. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was kind of my thought too. Is that um, <clears throat> gaming is kind of an escape for a lot of people? So if you are in the demographic that has been made to feel inferior or anything like that throughout life, then you get into gaming and you can be like a literal god. You know what I mean? Like you can be whatever it is that you want to be when you're gaming. So, um, like if, if you're you... some weirdo incel dude. <laughs> Yes, for example. (laughs) So when it comes down to it, you can be whoever you want in game. And so you're like, I'm going to be who I am, but make that a good thing and make it powerful, you know? So uh, when you get a group of people like that, it's like, well, no, I'm the one that's most powerful. And then you get the whole infighting thing and just, you know, it's a way for them to make their ideas on things a good thing or a positive thing or a powerful thing. Now, that being said, I personally have not had that kind of experience. So um, I, I do more of the home games. I don't game at local gaming stores. Um, so this was, when I read this, I was like, this is a very difficult subject for me to try and figure out where I stand on it because I, I don't game at local gaming stores. Um, it, it's I don't, a difficult subject for me to figure out where I stand on it. <laughs> I need to be totally yeah. honest, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, go ahead, go ahead. You were saying. Yeah, um, I don't like I, I do home games because I play well with others, and so I don't get kicked out of them. So if you're saying that those are the types of people, it makes sense. If you can't do the home games, you go and you're cast out, and so the people gather there to play because they don't play well with others. So, I mean, the thing is, is, is I'm, I don't really want to talk talk down on people who play at the game store. No, that's not certainly at all. Not, that's certainly not what I would want anybody to take from what I just said. Because I've I've played a lot of great games at game stores with cool people. I, I have met cool people at game stores. I think the first time I ever met uh, Richard was at a game store. I it, think was, somebody introduced it was. Me to Richard at, uh, at Game Depot. Uh, so I've made I've made lifelong friends at game stores. So yeah. I can't be, I can't be too hard on it. But what I do want to say, I mean, those are to me those are the exceptions. Like the rule is usually this kind of um, eye roll inducing kind of like caustic person. Okay, okay. Here's an example. Here's an example. So I go into this game store, right? And this is a couple of years ago. And I'm popping in real quick because I'm on my way home. I want to paint some models, okay? And I want to pick up a particular color, okay? And if you play, paint models, then you know that there's like a whole industry of um, brightly hued paints that like if you went to art school you would know how to just make these colors yourself because that's what artists do but they're marketing selling you this very very specific color that you want right so i go in there and i pick up two pots of paint and as i'm getting ready to pay there's a dude sitting behind the counter he's not a fucking employee he's not the owner he's just some guy who i literally know his face Never interacted with him, but I've seen him hundreds of times over the course of almost 20 years, and he's just some sourpuss asshole that I don't interact with. And he sees me put the pots of paint down on the counter, and before the owner can ring me up, he goes, he goes, what? Don't you mix your own paints? That's what he says to me. Mm. Not, hey, how you doing? Not, oh, what game do you play? Uh, I also play games. Uh, maybe we play the same game. Maybe we could become friends. Just, What? Don't you miss your own paints? It's like, you know what, man? Fuck you. I'm trying to, like, fucking give this guy, my friend, some money here to keep his shop open. Also, do I got to explain to you how I paint my fucking models? Are you the fucking, like, king of model painting over here? And I got to fucking tell you, like, oh, I'm so sorry, sir. Like, please, can I, how do I get on your level? You know what I'm saying? And what galls me about it, right, isn't that that this guy is this guy because he's got his own fucking problems. He's no, if, if seriously, this is how he interacts with people and no wonder he's down at the fucking game store at three o'clock on like a Wednesday afternoon with like no friends or family in sight. What galls me is that the game store owner doesn't say anything. He doesn't turn to that dude and say, Hey, keep it to yourself, pal. This is my paying customer friend. Just like, no, part of coming in here and, and turning over your money is you also have to take this schmuck's abuse. And it's like, mm-hmm. why do I want to support this ridiculous situation? It's not fun. And literally like years later, I remember it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, and then there's all these those people that it, that's how they think they make friends, which is why they don't have any is because they're like, I'm very smart. I know more than you do here. Think I'm cool. You know, so it's like I could totally see be, that being that kind of situation. And I want to say, too, to go back, I was in no way saying either that people that play at game stores are you know, because they don't have friends, because there's so many reasons to do it. Either you don't have room at anyone's house, or it's a good meeting spot. Like, there's a million reasons to play at a game store. So, to be clear, I am not shit talking people who play at game stores either. Fair. Uh, to be uh, clear, I am. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't really my point either, but like, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I've made a lot of good friends at game stores over the years. Like, that was mm-hmm. kind of like back in, you know, the early 2000s, that's kind of where all my. F- friends kind of hung out to play the games we wanted to play like it 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 was before you know social media before the internet you, you there was no where else are you going to meet somebody that knows how to play uh battle tech like it just you'd have to like go show all your friends and they'd have to be into it if you had friends b- beforehand you know like i uh i i think why it's I'm not I'm just, there's like a group that, that kind of sours the mix here. It's there's like a lot of great people that, that play at game stores. I mean, we used to, you know, we used to help run a RPG club at a game store. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was great. We had, we, we made new friends. We hung out with people, you know, it was, but like there is just a certain, and it's a public space. So you, you I mean, know. I mean, I will, I will point out at the at the at the at the the possibility of being called out for my own call out. I will point out that like when we said, "Hey, you know what? Maybe we don't want to run the RPG club anymore. You guys seem to be doing fine with it." They like created a new like DM message and then like like kicked us out. <laughs> you know, like I mean, it, it, what I'm trying to say is that there it was not that there wasn't any weird stuff going on. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I I don't really understand that move myself, but hey, you know, it's uh, even the RPG club that we just like that we like put money into in time and we were like, oh, let's just create a thing that will be fun for people to hang out at. And then like by the time we were winding it down, it had turned into like some kind of strange power struggle where there were people who were like making weird little factions and like throwing temper tantrums over like who is in charge and it was like what are you talking about no one's in charge it's a thing where people come to have fun like don't Maybe you it's us. fun <laughs> you know? are we the problems you know what maybe we maybe we are maybe maybe I'm, <laughs> we might be I'm maybe i'm the wonder. worst maybe i'm the worst and i'm toxic that you know yeah. i mean that could be yeah it's maybe maybe that's our like uh we're the toxic ones moment right like like, it was within you all along. Don't you see, Morty? We're the we're the le- we're what's left. We're the toxic ones. The, the killers from inside the house. <laughs> the calls yeah, from the inside the house. Coming from inside the house. Oh God! What have we become? I mean, become everything like, I ever hated. I I I have to be- I have to believe that you know there's all everybody's got a piece of you know if you're involved in the situation there is some something there that's feeding it but also like you have the ability to step outside and go, I'm, I'm done. You know, that's, I mean, I've, I've been, you know, every, every city I've moved to, like I immediately go and find the game stores and see what's up. Like it, it was always until very recently until like basically meetup.com. Like that was the only way I started making friends in a new city was just go to the game store. Like, <laughs> sure, sure. Game stores are a great way to kind of get a sense of what the vibe is on the ground, you know, and you can really tell a lot by being at them. Um, but honestly, I feel like Meetup has exactly the same problem that um, the game stores do, which is like if you are the kind of person who needs to go online and find a pool of friends who are having trouble making friends, then there's probably a reason why you have trouble making friends, you know? So it's like, like online dating, but for games, that's cool. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel I, I've I've been very successful with online dating, so I Good. don't. Yeah. Do you want Do you want I, the I, opposite I, story? Because I can I tell you some. <laughs> I got a lot. Uh-huh. I mean, may, maybe there's people who who like meet up has really been like awesome for them. I just remember the 
like like uh, the one time um, I volunteered to play in a role playing game I found on Meetup Meetup.com. I, I had a guy put me on blast because I was like, ah, you know what? I can't make it to the session. He's like, and he basically sent me an email like, like put your big boy pants on and drive over to my house and play vampire. And I was like, right. you know what? No, <laughs> I actually yeah. don't think I will. No. <laughs> Yeah, you get the wow. Captain America moment. No, I, I don't think I will. Yeah, we, <laughs> it was like we had a coup in our meet, in the meetup group we were in. That was that was how hilarious it was because. Oh well, yeah, you had you had a fucking uh, you had like a weird a, a, a similar thing happen where like a rogue element inside of your meetup group like like subsumed it, right? Yep, yep. So we had this thing that I I still love and someday I would like it to come back is DM's happy hour. Um, mm-hmm. And Andrew uh, Long and I kind of co-ran it. Like he ran it for a long time, and then I ran it, and then he ran it. And um, but it started out in this. I was like, what was it? East Valley Gamers or something like that. And we were having a good time, and we we were doing it at uh, a, a local bar, and we got to the point where we were ha- we had like thirty people there on a Friday night, like talking about games like it was fantastic and then like this dude shows up and he's like oh this is my meetup group so this is my meetup so you're gonna run this for me and like uh we're we're doing our thing so like and then he literally buys the meetup group because it costs a little money to keep a meetup group floating he literally buys the meetup group from the other guy that was running it and then he reschedules our meetup (laughs) <laughs> I was like, wow. what, what is going on? And I, I played in a game, I played in a game at this guy's house and he was a little weird, but like, <laughs> nice. but, a but little, a little weird, say. but like eventually, you know, it's like, well, I don't need to deal with you anymore. But like, I met, a, I met a lot of great friends. Well, of course, all those friends moved to Portland, but you know, whatever. And yeah, I, think I that- don't know. Like I got, yeah. I mean, I got like freaking rolled out of a con in this community and all kinds of stuff. Like, who who the hell knows what's going on See, in gaming culture? See, right? Yeah, that's how. That's why I started this whole discussion. Is that I kind of thought we would get to this point sooner, but, <laughs> I, I, but yeah. it's kind of like I think for maybe a minute, it takes a minute to kind of like get the cobwebs off of your head, and you start like really thinking, and you're like open up the neural <laughs> pathways of like. Well, oh no, I love gaming. I've met so many cool people, and then you start going through the, the like catalog in your head of like the weird shit that's happened to you. Like, oh, the time my meetup group had a coup d'état and like ejected <laughs> me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and you're just like, you're just like, what? You know? I mean, I it's it's one of those things that people talk about. Like, um, uh, people fight. The, the the less something is worth, the more people fight over it. You know? And, yep. and I, at the, in this weird in this weird game world, um, but like the role playing world itself, it's like a dude. It's ideas. It's ephemera. It's uh, the the best stuff that you get out of it is the camaraderie and the fellowship. And guess what, man? Camaraderie and fellowship is free. Like this idea, like like I mean, whoever this dude is that like literally bought a fucking meetup out from under you had to be on some kind of weird power trip, right? Like, what did he think mm-hmm. he was going to do? Like, is he going to, like, this is his first power base, and, like, the next thing is, like, town council or something? <laughs> like, what's That's the a politician move. Uh, I, yeah, you know? is like that, though, because I just, like, changed jobs because of this power trip bullshit that people were doing, you know what I mean? And, like... <laughs> Like, I literally was like, oh, I'm just going to change where I work because I can't deal with this anymore. And mm-hmm. I think it's just everywhere. I think it's just everything. Everything's toxic. And I think uh, that what it comes down to when we're talking about, like, what can we do to make it not like that? Like, how can we improve the community is just stop engaging with those people. You know what I mean? Like, if there's enough of us, because I this may be a toxic thing to say, I don't know, but I don't feel like I create toxic environments. So that was why this was a difficult subject for me because I only play and game with people that I enjoy. If I'm being games. honest, I've definitely done toxic shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not going like, to lie. I've, like I've, I've, I gotta I'm, be, I gotta own it. I gotta be honest. Like own, I have to own my bullshit. I've done toxic stuff and I've, I've been, I've been that guy. Yeah, I, I, I can be a tough customer sometimes. I'm, I, you know, I, I, I deal it out. 
as you know, and I take it that 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 is true. I can I I have I have the the self awareness to know that I haven't always um I haven't always been like the the shining pinnacle of like high standards that I would purport to be. Mm-hmm. Um, like that that said, I think I think Ashley, I think you're just like a hundred percent right on about it. I mean, my my message to uh fucking game store owners and convention organizers and meetup organizers is like like. I understand that sometimes business is a numbers game and you're like sitting there with your clicker, like counting the people who are coming in the door and you're looking at your seats at the end of the day and you're seeing how much you made on a certain thing. But sometimes you gotta say no to the low hanging fruit. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. like, uh, you don't want, you don't want, you don't want certain people in your shop. And you don't want certain people in your con because you you know you can guarantee that you'll get their money day in and day out. But there's a lot of people who you're gonna um, you're gonna alienate, you know, because mm-hmm. like, dude, like literally, I have been around the Phoenix RPG and miniatures game scene long enough that I know the names of the most like notorious characters, and it's like. If I'm walking up to the shop and I see those fools in through the window, then I, don't know, I just go back to my car. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't need that. There's nothing that they have in there that I need so bad as to deal with that shit. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Richard, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, R- wrap it up for us, oh, RBK. Wrap I, it up for us. I think it is is behooving. You're right. Just on the leaders of the community to kind of just help. You know, kind of make an atmosphere that is inclusive and open and brings people in because gaming is always going to need new people and they're not always going to know which sites to go to, to find the good people. So you've got, we've got to make every place, someplace that's welcoming to the people that are going to be, uh, be those, uh, cool and nurturing souls that will exist and the those toxic people that want you to pick sides that want you to the want to be in charge uh, and because they want the power not because they want the community to be better those people need to just kind of go away and the only way to do that is just say no i'm sorry you're not welcome here anymore and it's a it it it's unfortunate because I want everybody to be included, but there are people that are not worth the time that make it worse for everybody else. And I have, uh, I have had a lot of sleepless nights over a very specific person. And, uh, you know, that, that, uh, really, uh, really bums me out because I thought we were friends and things just kind of blew up and, and I had, didn't pick the right side and a thing. And, I, uh, I, no, you picked the right side. Oh, I, well, that's, <laughs> you, picked the I, right I, side. you didn't, obviously it's an audio medium. So you didn't hear the quote unquote, uh, yeah. you know, cause I was, cause I wasn't woke right. enough for them. So like yeah. Richard, Richard, it's yeah. not your fault. I know it's not it's my not fault. This whole, this whole, uh, uh, um, <laughs> this whole episode is basically like the biggest, like, Inside I joke. can't stand drama. So yeah. here's the drama, drama <laughs> Facebook post that there ever was. <laughs> there ever was. It's like uh, a big booking episode. It's if, fantastic. Uh, if you guys are into drama, you need to get out of my life because someone. No. <laughs> Hashtag zero drama. <laughs> no, zero tolerance for drama, drama free life. Well, sometimes anyway, when you post um, those, you are the biggest drama. So yes, I, yeah, I don't yeah, disagree yeah. with you, but I think in this yeah, situation, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 that is, yeah, that is the joke. That is the joke. Anyway, I hope that um, the audience has enjoyed this incredibly uh, self-indulgent episode. Um, <laughs> the point is, is uh, um, if you meet any Nazis in your local gaming community, punch them right in the face. If you mm-hmm. want a uh, love, uh, love miniatures, hate fascism sticker, write me and I'll get you one doesn't matter where you live in the world i'll get you one just write me and let me know um i think i think my my closing thought is is i think that um i think that game stores and game environments should be fun i'm all for welcoming of course welcoming is important but i do think that they need to be fun let's put fun into games and game communities and a little less uh you know, Machiavellian bullshit all right great well thank you for listening to this episode of uh full metal rpg 
Um, hopefully, the next time we uh, uh, do an episode, there'll be a new president. Let's 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 fingers crossed. We'll see fingers how that one holds up. Crossed. We'll see how that one holds up. And uh, thank you all for listening. Have a good night. Bye. Fuck Jeff Bezos. Go fucking vote. <laughs> <laughs>